Welcome into a brand new episode of the Ithacans podcast, How I See Sports. I'm your host, Cal Domowski. And I'm your host, Caitlin Maniscalco. Joining us today is senior attack Ali Panera from the women's lacrosse team. But before we bring Ali on, let's take a look at the Bombers so far this season. The blue and white are 12-5 and five on the season, heading into the Liberty League semifinals this weekend. Ali, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, so let's just start from the beginning, way back, graduating high school. You know, looking at colleges, what drew you to Ithaca and why did you choose to play lacrosse here? Yeah, so um, Ithaca actually happened to be my last recruiting visit. I, I got to admit, I didn't think I even wanted to come here, but as soon as I got on campus and I saw the athletic facilities, I fell in love with it. Um, for a Division three school, this you cannot compare to the facilities that we have here. And um, it was the right distance from home. I'm about an hour and 40 minutes from Rochester, New York, so my parents would be able to come support me. Oftentimes we have a lot of games in Rochester, which is nice too. And then um, I wanted to be a physical therapist and this is one of the best programs in the, um, the area, so. And then Coach Kama was not the coach that recruited you, right? Yeah, she was not the coach that recruited me. Shannon McHale uh, recruited me and uh, she, we found out that she was not gonna be the coach the beginning of August before I came. So like three weeks before I was coming in, which was like a complete shock. Um, no one expected that. Um, we got to be part of the coaching selection. We got to meet all the possible coaches, and it's actually kind of funny because Kamo was the only coach that I wasn't able to meet. Oh, wow. Um, I was busy that day, so <laughs> when she got chosen, um, you know, I we just we trusted our athletic department to pick a good coach, and so far um, I've a great, had a great experience with her. What was that transition like, you know, having to – not only prove yourself to the coach that recruited you, but then kind of all over again, coming in as a freshman and then having to prove yourself to a new coach. So that was kind of a unique thing at the time because the entire team was trying to prove themselves. So I think as a freshman, it was kind of like like um, an advantage for a freshman because everybody's trying out, not just the freshman. Um, and she was putting in new systems, so everybody was learning, and we were all kind of in it together. So. Um, I would say you, it wasn't like you stuck out so much as a freshman just because everybody was learning, everybody was getting used to Camo's style and um, her expectations. And then fast forward, you're named a captain. How do you think you've like embraced that role and what has been, what has that experience been like, excuse me? Yeah, so um, I was named a captain junior year with uh, three, we only had three seniors at the time. And those three girls were, they, are still to this day three of my best friends. Um, I, we worked together super, super well, uh, great communication, and Camo was in on that too. We had a great relationship with the coach, between the coaches and the captains, which helped the overall team environment. Um, I think that uh, going into this year, there was a little bit of, it was definitely being a captain, although this is my second year being a captain. I think that it came with new challenges and new responsibilities. Just being a senior, you have more responsibilities, but in addition, um, I've had past experience and I was able to get two of my seniors on board with me. And um, like I said, new challenges that we've had to face and had to communicate through. And I think that we've been able to do a really good job this year. <clears throat> So, 14 wins in each of the last three seasons for the Bombers. 12 this year, but now it's playoff time. Mindset heading into the playoffs, of course, you guys will face the winner of either Skidmore or RPI, is that correct? Uh, we are playing Clarkson or RPI. Clarkson or RPI. Yes. So, thoughts yes. heading into that playoff game? 
you know, I think that we had um, we had a loss against Vassar in the middle of the season, and mm -hmm. I think that that kind of was a little bit of a wake-up call for us. I think that um, in years past, we kind of knew that we were just had like a straight shot to the final that we knew that, you know, take care of business. Yeah. You know, we have to show up that day, but we'll take care of business and, you know, we're kind of looking to the next game. But I think that that kind of was a wake-up call that we have to take this game just as seriously as, you know, we can't look past this game because um, the whole entire Liberty League, really, like the middle teams, wins and losses are kind of all over the place and people show up on different days. So um, we definitely have to take them seriously. Um, I think that this week we got four days that we can start really preparing um, for them. And um, I think we're looking forward to seeing either team again. I think both games, I mean, Clarkson, we let get uh, put 16 goals up on us, which yeah. is higher than any other team. And um, I think we would love to, you know, redeem ourselves there. And then same with RPI. I think we could we didn't shoot great that game. Um, we could have put up many more goals. And I think again, we would love to see them to um, prove that we can shoot better. Of course, over those two games against RPI and Clarkson, it combined 40 goals for the Bombers. So very, very impressive. And I think what was very impressive for you guys early on in the season was the ability to actually hang with Gettysburg. Not a lot of teams can say, you know, their fourth game of the season, they can put up nine goals against the number one team in the country. What did that tell you guys about your team so early on in the season? Yeah. I, It really did say something. I mean, we really were walking away like that. And we, in that game, we didn't have many offensive possessions. Mm -hmm. And um, anytime we got the ball on the offense, um, we were putting in the goal. So the main idea of that game we were like we need possession we need possession because mm -hmm. anytime we got possession we would go down and score yeah so um i think that that was a, like a little glimpse into like the potential that our offense had um and i think that uh we've been working and building all season and i'm really hoping that we're going to peak at the right time yeah it really seems like i mean first half there was a couple runs there for gettysburg that you know made the advantage a little bit wider than expected but in the second half it was relatively close i think he held them to only four goals in the entire second half so walking away with that type of moral victory in the second half definitely must have set the tone for the rest of the season and then of course uh you know within the first three games of the year against oh well, excuse me there were three ranked opponents all in a row number 15 suny Cortland, number 20 scranton of course gettysburg Having that strength of schedule early on in the beginning, did that prepare you guys for the Liberty League opponents? Absolutely, and I think that um, came out as a really good job bringing in a strong uh, strength of schedule, and I think that it's really exciting to have those big games on the schedule. I think mm -hmm. it um, makes every day that you're going to play like one that you look forward to, and this strength of schedule has actually helped us. I yeah. mean, we haven't we haven't had we didn't we didn't have any. Where we were very close on a lot of those games, but we weren't able to win. We were got mm -hmm. some losses early on there, but with our regional ranking, we're still relatively high in the regional rankings, and that's because of our strength of schedule. So, so Ali, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but a lot of underclassmen this year, and there were a ton last year. This season, only ten upperclassmen between the juniors and seniors. What do you think has been some struggles with that? But then. On the flip side, how do you think that, that can also be an advantage, having a bunch of young and yes. new players? So um, we, I think last year coming in, we have 15 freshmen, so they're now 15 sophomores. I think that having half the team new 
half the team not knowing what exactly our expectation was. There was a very, very big learning curve, and it took us a little bit longer, I think, to reach our potential than maybe it did this year. But I think a lot of these the sophomores worked really hard over this, the summer, and they showed up in the fall, and everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And a lot of them were able to step up and are holding people accountable, and especially leading the freshmen, which is super helpful for upperclassmen to have a sophomore class that's willing to lead and step up and also even communicate with us. A lot of them, I mean, they're our teammates and they're filling roles and willing to um, like lead up to us. So I think that um, having such a strong sophomore class has been really helpful. I think that, like I said, last year we like there was a little bit of a learning curve, but they definitely stepped up this year, and I'm super proud of that class, and I think that that's one of our biggest assets. We have a lot of really uh, big contributors from the sophomore class. I know for softball, our coach, um, Coach Plazzi, always says that she admires that, you know, the first years bring in a lot of, like, energy to the team. Not that the upperclassmen don't, but they just, they're really excited to play in college. Have you found that similar with the Yes. Class? Oh, my gosh, so much. Especially, especially, now, that's where I can give the freshmen, like, as you were saying. I mean, they're always putting in extra time. They want to listen. They look at you when you, res when you tell them something and they respond and they want to be better. They want to be the best that they can be. And that's super refreshing. I mean, you got to love having a young class that um, is respectful of you and willing to do what um, you are trying to help them get better. I mean, um, it's, really, it's really nice to have people that are going to respond to that. And I think that our upperclassmen going, on, going off of that, I think our upperclassmen have done a really good job leading the underclassmen. Now, um, I think that we're all really close and we communicate really well, so it's made it really easy for us to, um, to lead the underclassmen. This past Saturday was kind of a big day, wasn't it? It was senior day, but I guess that was, that's probably the most important thing, just being able to celebrate with you seniors. But I guess a little, you know, little something for you was scoring your 253rd career point. You now stand alone at the top of the program's all-time points leaders. What was that feeling like getting that on senior day? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, it's actually funny because uh, Wednesday in Hamilton, I was one point away. You know, I had my one point. I I hit post Oof. twice, and I had an assist called back. And so, and at that time, I had my three captains that we discussed earlier. Yeah. Um, they were coming into town, going to be here for senior day. Mm -hmm. My brothers were going to be there on Saturday. My grandparents were going to be on the Saturday. You know, everybody's going to come to the game on Saturday. And we were joking. We said the, lock, the lax gods didn't want me to break <laughs> it on Wednesday. They want me to break it on Saturday when I can celebrate it, and it could be that much more special. Um, and it was. It was very special. And like you said, the main the main point is being senior day. Being And our underclassmen did a great job mm -hmm. honoring us. They made the day so special. And same with the parents and same with our coaches, and it was just a great day. I was walking out of there just so happy. It was such a great day. If you had told freshman Allie Panera that this was going to be, uh, that was going to be happening on senior day, would you have believed it? Oh, I would have never believed it. <laughs> I would have never believed it. I just can't, I can't believe it. I mean, Allie Runyon was here before. Mm -hmm. She was my teammate, and I had always looked up to her, and when she was breaking out, I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. This is the coolest thing ever. And it's funny because I had a teammate, Morgan Roscoe, she told me, she said, she told me my sophomore year, she said, I bet you. She goes, I mark my words, you're going to break the record. 
And I said, I said, I said, no way. And she said, you, she said, I said it first. And uh, here I am. So pretty crazy. I know some lacrosse players save the ball and then they write the number on it. Did you do that as well? Yep, they saved, I got my cis ball and I got my white ball. <laughs> wow. Yeah, That's... they stopped it and they pulled the ball off. Did you give it to your mom or your parents? No, it's actually in my coat pocket. <laughs> <laughs> A very sacred, very safe, place. safe place, everyone. <laughs> if you are looking for the ball <laughs> to sell online, find Ali Panera's coat pocket. Um, yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, so I'm big on asking athletes about the mental game pretty much just because I find this very apparent in softball and... You know, any any sport though yeah. has a strong mental game, but you know, coming down, being down in a game like five, six goals, is there anything that the captains or you kind of like say to your team to make that switch and say like, you know, we got this, like we can still come back? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I think that that's basically it. I mean, the thing is that there, you can feel the energy on the field. I mean, there, you just know when the momentum switches and. Um, you, as in a captain, when you realize that, you can't, you cannot let that go un unaddressed. You have to address it because you're gonna just let your team like toilet bowl and there's gonna be no coming back. So you gotta address that, um, get the team together. Uh, if the coach isn't willing to call a timeout, I know in the Vassar game when we were down, the coach just had called a timeout and tried to turn it around, still wasn't getting turned around. They scored again, and I just, I got us together on the field quickly, like in the defensive end. It was like, guys, it's four goals. We can get four goals. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a team that we are capable of winning one goal at a time. We're going to start with this draw. Like, you got to break it down. You got to make it not seem so overwhelming. And slowly and slowly, we chipped away, and we actually ended up going ahead for a bit. But um, we just couldn't fully complete the game. But there's definitely times where you just have to, you have to be that energy and that optimism because um, as soon as you get down, there's just, you're not gonna be successful like that. Is that something you guys also kind of work on in practice with mental toughness? I know you watch film as well. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that like you work on in practice that way they can incorporate in the field? Yes, absolutely. And I think that it's funny cause there's one drill that we all, um, we all dread because <laughs> We it's a full field passing drill and during Oof. it if when you're when you got pressure on you you're getting marked and you miss the ball and Camo is all over you all over you all over you're screaming at you screaming at you screaming at you and then the, you're trying to make a pass you're under pressure and and uh, afterwards she did you know I can remember one day she doesn't always admit it now but <laughs> she said to me one day she said. I'm doing that on purpose. Like, you guys need to get, like, you need to be under high-stress situations and you need to be able to make good decisions. Like, if you don't feel like you can throw that pass, I don't care if I'm screaming at you, you need to make your own decision. So she kind of tries to simulate that. And um, we also do stuff, like, with the shot clock so we can prepare for, you know, Ooh, situation smart. stuff. Um, you know, if we're up or we're down and, you know, we need a goal or we need the ball back, um, we definitely simulate those situations too, which are high pressure. It's very similar to like what my track coach used to do. Uh, she used to blast music at the track sometimes so that you couldn't really like, because sometimes like people like find themselves like in the zone, like they kind of just blank out everything. And it's just the, it teaches you to kind of get that mental aspect where it's like, it's just you in the game rather than focusing on outside things. But that was so hard with music yeah, yeah. blasting. So I can only imagine yeah. your coach screaming at you. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. Right, exactly. 
I would melt under that pressure. And I think most <laughs> athletes would, yeah. um, which is kind of crazy. I think one of the cool things about women's lacrosse is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that there's really no, like, out of bounds. It's just kind of endless boundaries. If it, if the field is big enough, obviously there are limitations to it, right? Well, there are. I mean, there is an out of bounds, but the thing is about it, we have a free movement rule, which is Ooh, new. That's it what came it is. in. Um, it came in my. I was actually watching film from my sophomore year. And okay. We used to blow the whistle, and you'd have to stand, and so the game was just totally different because, yeah. like, if you saw for some reason were not marked on your girl, like there was an advantage and you couldn't do anything about it. So now with the um, free movement, like we're saying, when the ball goes out of bounds, you just run it back on. When there's a foul, oh, nice. you just keep on going. If You don't have to go behind. You don't have to stop. You just keep moving, which since I was in fourth grade playing lacrosse, <laughs> they teach you when the whistle blows, you stop. The whistle blows, you stop. And so last year, on top of having 15 freshmen, we were learning this free movement yeah. Where you don't stop, you run. So like and you can if other people are on top of it and you're not, you're you're beat. So um that was on top of all that we had we were kind of learning that and my coaches were learning too, so. How was that to learn? Cuz it just sounds like it was probably mayhem early it was, on. It was mayhem and very tiring. Ooh. Very tiring. You know, yeah. we kind of get a little spoiled like <laughs> stop and stand for a while, catch your breath, yeah. like, go behind like it's like you would have to, like, after a fall, you would have to go behind mm-hmm. so you could, like, come take your time and, like, the whistle would start. So there was a lot more whistles. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was really interesting. A lot, even things changed on eight meters, like free position shots. Um, every, a lot of things changed. But, I like, I think that – I think it's for the better. I think it's, it's more fun to play, and it's probably more fun to spectate. I mean, it's a little bit more exciting, I think. Did you notice a change in Coach Morris, of course, K-Mo, as you guys affectionately call her? Uh, did you notice a change in her, like, strategy behind, like, you know, now that this is such a, you know, you have your free movement rule, like, now we're able to kind of set up a defense, we're able to set up an offense a little quicker. Was there, was there a change? So, absolutely. I mean, I think that there was just emphasis put on that, like, you know, usually, you know, it's dot, like the whistle blows and you get to hang out. Well, you don't get to hang out. you got to find your mark and mm-hmm. I'm going to move here and watch this girl. And, you know, um, you can't just relax. You don't have time to just relax. Yeah. So, and same with the ride, you know, it's like when the, if there's a fall in the midfield, you got to get downfield. You got to get yeah. in front of the play. Um, you can't spend this time feeling bad that you fall because if you did, then, you know, the girl's already down the field. So, you gotta. You just have to have like kind of like a short memory, and you gotta just like respond quickly. You have to be always thinking about the next play. Was there a moment early on, and like when you early on in the games where you know, everyone's playing, and then the the first whistle goes, and somebody just stopped? Yes. Was oh it? yeah, all the time. <laughs> or like the classic is, oh, I fouled, and then you you think you gotta go four meters behind, and the girl is already gone. Oh. So uh, that happened all the time. The other one that wow. Camo really gets big on is, the ball goes out of bounds. And you, as the opposite team, can go and pick up the ball for them yeah. and hand it to them. Well, then you're out of position because you're behind them, and they could have been wasting time. No friends in the sport of lacrosse. So, like, that's the big thing. Like, don't go get, you know, you're, don't get you're putting yourself at a disadvantage by being this good citizen. You, know? <laughs> you just have to just, you know, you have to be, you know. You Sportsmanship yeah. doesn't win championships. <laughs> But it's that kind of strategy thing that you don't think about when, the, you know, that kind of rule comes in. Yeah. Actually, you know, fast break, goal. I mean, so. It's true. 
So obviously the team has had ups and downs the whole season. What do you believe is the biggest aspect the team needs to focus on in order to stay the course and really make a deep run in playoffs? Um, I think the biggest thing that we need to do is work on our discipline. I think that our coaches give us a really good game plan and they say, you know, they tell us an offensive game plan or a defensive game plan and we need to execute. We need to, we have a lot of really good players and we have a lot of people that can make athletic plays and I think came out of the way that she has um, coached our team has allowed us to just be athletes and make decisions. But I think that there's a time when we know something about an opponent and you need to stay true to the scout and you need mm. to listen to what the coach has, what the game plan is, and you have to stay true to it and you have to trust it and you have to trust your teammates. So I think that going down, we've played all these teams, we know what the weak points are, we know what our strong points are, we know what we need to improve, and we're going to have a game plan and we need to stick to the game plan. Do you think that's kind of a struggle? Because at one point you kind of want to say, like, oh, turn it all off and just play. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, like you said, you kind of have to focus on, like, the scout and who you're right. marking up exactly. with. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is, like I said, Camo has done a really good job letting us just be athletes and go out and play, especially in the offense. You know, we have some guidelines, but we don't we don't have, like, an XSO play. Like, you know, this person is going to take the ball at this exact moment and we're all going to, you know, do this and you need to move here and here. Like, She's she's really big on um, being an athlete, making decisions. So um, I think that that's where the fine line comes in because um, there's moments when you have to you just have to listen to the scout. You talk about being athletes a lot, and of course, you know one of the biggest I think components of being an athlete is you know the ability to eat healthy, yes. and of course. You know, as an athlete, I'm sure you're probably a lot of salads, fruits, and vegetables, and all that jazz. But as a broadcaster, I can really eat whatever I want. People really don't see me that often. They just kind of hear me. Caitlin, you're a little bit of a hybrid, what I, I slowly realized, because you're actually on the softball team as well. But I'm going to ask you, Allie, a big, big question that probably not a lot of people have the guts to ask you, which is, what is your favorite Starburst? Flavor or color? I don't know what the kids are calling it these days. Absolutely Pink Starburst. Pink Starburst, a very, very popular choice here on How I See Sports. I have to ask you, though, is it weird to like the yellow ones? Yes. Wow! Absolutely. Why? Like I'm a huge fan of yellow, and so is Caitlin, actually. Anything yellow is a little suspect. Wow. Serial <laughs> killers in the yellow. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, our podcast editor, AJ, likes the red ones? Pink ones. So AJ is also a traitor, so no worries there. Um, do you get any chance at all during the season to kind of like indulge in a sweet tooth a little bit, or do oh, you just kind of try and? <laughs> we have the biggest sweet tooth around. Are you kidding? You work hard, you get rewarded That's with true. good food. We got big tailgates, mm -hmm. lots of dessert, and I, I'll tell you, Camo is really big on food. I mean, she's got food in her Ooh. office. Everybody's stopping by and getting food all the time. We got food <laughs> on the bus. We do not go hungry. We do not go hungry. That is not. What's the go-to pregame snack? To kind of get you in the mind, the mindset. You know, I am pretty. I'm pretty like I am very superstitious about what I eat. So, really? Yeah, I do. Okay. I eat like the same. It's the same thing. I have a. I have a. This year, I've been having green smoothies before every game. What is what is in a green smoothie? Um, kale, spinach, okay. oats, protein powder, cinnamon. Wow. Very healthy. Yes. Wow, that Almond is milk. 
way better than my Starburst that I would <laughs> indulge in. Good. It's very good. It's good fuel. But um, before that, when I was in the dorms and I didn't have many options, it was peanut butter, banana toast. Peanut butter, banana toast. So healthy. Yeah, so healthy. Yeah. Wow. The, when, the options are a little. Yeah. I was, I was about to say, I mean, we know if anybody's been paying attention to any Ithaca College campus news, we know that the dining hall isn't always the best option to go and get. That is uh, a serious hot topic. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, though. And so I think you kind of hit on a little bit where the origin of that kind of question comes from is the fact that the basketball team a couple years ago, we were interviewing Mark Chase, and he mentioned that the team does this little, like, bag of Starburst before each game. is kind of like a little unity, almost like a almost like a uh, basically tradition before these games. So does lacrosse have something like that? I know you personally have the green smoothies and, of course, the yes. former peanut butter banana toast, but anything you guys do as a team? No, we don't. Everybody's on there. Well, I lie. Oh, that's a lie. As all good athletes do. This is the thing about it. I'm not in on it, so that's why I didn't say it. But majority of our team, they like to get Dunkin' before games. Okay. they got to get iced coffee before games. And there's, like, when we're on away games – a serious problem because <laughs> you can't always get Duncan on away games and I remember this one day we were in we had we were away in Albany twice this year we were there once for um, Union and once for RPI and uh, we sat at the same hotel first time mm-hmm. find out there is a Duncan literally like directly like walking distance and they were like oh my god team is relieved <laughs> So the first time they didn't go, they were too afraid to ask. And then the second time they asked, and everybody got Duncan, and everyone was happy. So, but it's like a team-wide thing. Everybody gets iced coffee. Was there a difference in those performances that day? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. If everybody was everybody was asleep. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> who's got the best Duncan order that you've seen? You know, definitely my roommate Lizzie Rice. Ooh, what she get? Yeah, she gets an iced coffee and she does a shot. Of some coconut thing in it. It's pretty good. <laughs> really? Interesting. Interesting. Yep. I, I'm taking it that the athletes probably aren't like, hey, I'm going to have a donut or a bagel right before the game. <laughs> no, bagels for sure. People bagels? Get bagels? Okay. Not many donuts. My coaches eat donuts. Ooh. That's a thing. That's a tradition. Interesting. Don't know. Oh, man. I'm a big Boston cream guy. I have to ask. <laughs> I love Boston cream donuts. <laughs> All right, Ali. So throughout your four years, you know, on and off the field, what has been the biggest takeaway? you can think of from playing lacrosse here at Ithaca? Huh. Kind of a loaded oh, question. Very loaded. <laughs> wow, Caitlin, way to put her on the spot. <laughs> I know, right? Hmm. Um, I think one of my biggest takeaways from lacrosse is how important balance is in life. I think that having school, sports, friends, family, is all very, very important, and you got to have a little bit of it all. I think that um, I'm really grateful that I was able to play a sport. I think it's kept me occupied, and it's given me some of my best friends. And um, I think it's taught me a lot of life lessons as far as communicating with people and um, just also just, like, communicating with people but also personalities, like how to handle different personalities, how to best communicate with that. And then also, um, like, growing, like, I started as a freshman, you have to handle your responsibilities as a freshman, then you gain a little responsibility as a sophomore and you gain. So taking in all of that perspective, I try to remember what it was like to be a freshman. And I try to remember, you know, as a freshman, you're not saying how homesick you are, but you are. 
So having somebody check in with you and say, you know, how how are things or, you know, how are classes, it means so much more than mm-hmm. you would think you would ever know. So I tried to take a little bit away from each year and remember like a piece of information that I could try to give back. So, and I think that that will be important going forward, even just in the real world. I mean, I'm starting, I'm a senior now, but Mm -hmm. in one, two years when I become a physical therapist, I'm bottom of the totem pole again. So, you know, I'm gonna have to start over. So I think um, it's important to remember your role and um, embrace your role and do a good job at your role at the time. That compassion and leadership that you just kind of hit on, how's that been, how how receptive are, is the team to that? Well, I hope that it's been, <laughs> I, um, I like to think that it yeah. is. Um, you know, I really try to, um, every single person on the team matters. I mean, we are not going to be successful unless every single person is engaged in the team and they feel valued. So um, as a captain and a senior, that's something that um, is a main point and a main responsibility and mm-hmm. I think our senior class has really tried to bring that in. I think that um, that was a main thing. We wanted to make sure that we have a family environment and everybody feels respected and you know there is a point where there's like a little bit of seniority I mean and um, people knowing their role but at the same time everybody's a human being everybody deserves to be respected so um, I think that our class has done a really good job at making a very inclusive team environment. What would be, I'm trying to, I'm trying to end on a funny thing here. What would be, what would be harder, to score, to score a full field goal or to get to ace an integrated practical in physical therapy? Oh man! Just like with the goalkeeper, just, just taking it to the house, just from full field, ripping it, just. Oh, I definitely. Or the integrated practical, acing it. it. Ace and a great practical. Definitely a great practical. That's the student part of the student athlete. I like that. Student. That's something I could have more control over. I could definitely prepare for that. I guess the last little thing I'll add, you mentioned balance earlier, balancing that intense major of physical therapy with being a captain on the lacrosse team with, of course, you know, setting the records and having the role that you have played the last four years. What's that been like? It has been a whirlwind. (laughs) I have loved every second of it. I mean... I like to be busy. I like to have a schedule. I, um, and it has been, I think it's taught me a lot. I think it's helped me grow to where I am today. I mean, just like you said, talking to freshman Ali Panera, would I be here today? I couldn't have dreamed of being here today school-wise or athletics-wise. Um, it has been an incredible journey, and I am so grateful for my coaches, my teammates, and my parents. Um, I think that I've had incredible support through it all, and I'm just so blessed to um, have had such a great college experience. And I think I can see no better way to end it than that. Thank you so much, Allie. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much. I was happy to be here. Thank you for tuning in to the Ithacan's podcast, How I See Sports. I'm Caitlin Maniscalco. And I'm Cal Domowski. And before we go, thank you so much for the last few seasons of how i see sports this is the final time you will hear my voice on this podcast of course caitlin maniscalco will be continuing on the tradition next semester and in future semesters with a new co-host by her side thank you so much i'm cal Demowski, and you've been listening to how i see sports